The Big Light presents Hello, I'm Sean McDonald and you're listening to Blethered on the Big Light Network. My guest is cosmetic dentist Aaron Maxwell-Cox. Aaron has vast experience in both traditional and cosmetic dentistry and a wealth of knowledge at his disposal. With the sharp rise in medical tourism to places like Turkey, there has also been a sharp rise in horror stories and instances of malpractice. We talk turkey teeth and about the ever-growing trend of travelling to places like Antalya for the five-star experience. We reflect on the Foreign Office information of the 22 British citizens who have died while over in Turkey for cosmetic treatment. And I find out more about how Aaron helps people feel great about themselves through carefully delivered treatment at his practices in Glasgow, Edinburgh, Presswick and Newcastle. If you enjoy this episode, share it with somebody else so they can enjoy it too. And make sure you subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Right, so Aaron, we'll do the obligatory introduction. Give us a wee bit of background on where you studied, what you studied and what you now do professionally. So, Sean, my background is I am a, a dentist. Um, I went to university in Dundee um, and I qualified in 2014. I was very lucky as part of my degree. I managed to go abroad and do part of it in nice. uh, Copenhagen. So I lived there for about eight months, uh, which was amazing because it gave me such an insight into just how other countries do things. Mm. And it was such like a character building experience. So then once I'd completed my degree, I went down to Newcastle because uh, when you when you finish your dental degree, you have to do like a foundation training year. Mm-hmm. So I went down to Newcastle um, because that's kind of where, where I was able to get a job doing that. And I was like, oh, I'll go for a year and see what happens. And um, I ended up pretty much staying down there for a, for eight years. <laughs> nice. um, I, I moved to London for a wee bit in that time. It didn't go as well as I'd kind of hoped it would so I came back to Newcastle and then kind of with Covid and everything hit I thought it would be time to move mm. back up the road so See what you're saying that you went to Copenhagen you were working there you would have been then exposed to social trends and social attitudes is, is there as much of an emphasis on image to your knowledge in Copenhagen and Denmark as there is in the UK and especially Glasgow and Newcastle kind of do hot spots for it yeah I think there definitely is but in a different direction mm. they're wanting everything there is more of a natural mm-hmm. kind of aspect which is kind of what I'm more interested in rather than an exaggerated appearance and I think you know that was eight years ago now I feel that Glasgow and Newcastle are kind of or the UK are going down that route but there was a time, maybe five, six years ago, where everyone kind of wanted an exaggerated mm. appearance. Um, so I would say it's slightly different uh, to to what it would be here. Yeah, because it's it's very much as the it's the sort of exaggerated type image is very popular, which is fine. I should probably outline here that while we are going to discuss a lot of things, um, and and sort of around image and teeth and surgery not having a dig at anybody whatever anybody likes that's up to you but there are certain implications that come with that which are undeniable and which we are going to kind of get into first ones for I mean let's just get into my favourite my (laughs) favourite one and I get accused of this all the time turkey teeth I know what what are, what are your thoughts? What are your I've got I've got a million questions, so we all get into them. But what are your sort of general thoughts on that? So I think turkey teeth has just became this generic term for yeah. like that type of dental tourism, mm-hmm. and it has that very exaggerated one, almost one smile fits all type appearance, bright white. And do you know what? If that's what you want, great. I mean, all I'm about is you know making sure that you get what you want out of it, mm-hmm. but you also you know look after the health of teeth and unfortunately if you choose to go abroad for your your dental care that is absolutely fine but you need to do your research first in sense of there is seems to be a group of clinics mainly based in the south of turkey that will just literally give you 28 crowns Mm -hmm. but they won't call them crowns Call them veneers. Aye, or 360 veneers, that's the term I've heard. Right. A 360 veneer is just a crown. If you don't know what a crown is, a crown is essentially a cap that goes over the top of your tooth like a helmet. And that does have benefits in some cases, but if you're in your early 20s, your teeth have never been touched by a drill, mm-hmm. then 
you're you're destroying the tooth. Anytime you take a drill to a tooth, you're going to destroy it, and you will end up having problems down the line. And I think you need to be very careful about considering going down that route when there may be options available to you that mm-hmm. are not as destructive. I think yeah, that's the thing that I've because so I had a brace I, to kind of go way back. My teeth have always been kind of were always all right. People would comment on them, say oh, you've got quite nice teeth, and I'd say no, they're actually not. What's ha- what the what's happened to you is you're far enough away and you can just see that they're white and seem relatively straight. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, in actual fact, I'm really unhappy with them. But it was it was my first ever TV appearance and I was like, oh, no, I need to, I'm going to need to do something. So I thought I'm getting a brace and then COVID came. Mm. So everything shut down and I managed to get it August 2020 and I had it for a year. Then I did the whitening and I got composite edge bonding. The people always that kind of say to me, have, have you had your teeth, have you got veneers did you go to Turkey I'm like nah you know, I, I basically would just look like a wee school bully victim for a year <laughs> but luckily for me it was masks and it was lockdown yeah. so I, I kind of want to watch with that one but in that time then I just became obsessed with teeth transformations and finding out kind of stuff and what I learned was and I spoke to my dentist about it a lot and this is what I was going to say and I wanted to see if you've you've experienced this or you've seen this so I learned that you would sh- they would shave all the tooth down so you're basically taking away all the enamel and you'll eventually get to very close to like the root yeah. or the pulp as, it, as it's yeah. known. And once once you've got to that point you can't go back, you can't reverse it no. and you, you're basically shaving down really healthy teeth. But I would talk to my dentist about it, really fascinated and she said that for this trend starting maybe 10, 12 years ago when it started to really take off that what she's now seeing down the line are people coming in and she described it as bombs going off in the mouth and tooth one will kind of let's just say all of a sudden you're like wow oh my god I'm in absolute agony and then a few days later it could be Mm -hmm. another tooth and then before you know it it's all happening so she's getting people coming in and saying please help I need you to do something she's like well we're going to have to take all your teeth Mm -hmm. out but then there's the reluctance to even even touch them because it's been done abroad I mean she's not wrong in what she's saying and one like you say, anytime you take the kind of shave the enamel off or write down what you're left with, I mean you can't bring that tooth tissue back. Yeah. And it's the pulp is a live thing, like it's the nerve in the middle of the tooth. Mm. And if you add insult to that, it will eventually die off. When that dies off, it creates a space where that nerve used to be that's just a, a breeding ground for bacteria mm. and you will end up with abscess after abscess after problems to the point where the tooth will probably need to come out. Mm-hmm. I've had to deal with it before. I've um I treated a patient, I obviously won't name any names, on a high-profile reality show. And they had gone over to Turkey and literally had done the full whack, you know, 28 crowns. But the the problem was, is their teeth weren't healthy enough before they even went. Mm-hmm. You know, if they'd came to me and said they were going to do all this, I'd be like, whoa, you've got so many other problems with your teeth, never mind the fact that you're wanting to do all this. But they got the treatment for free because they were advised that they would then, you know, if they promoted this clinic and, and whatever. Mm-hmm. They then came back and, funnily enough, we started having problems. And it's a case of, like, what do I do here? Do, one, if I touch it, does it become my problem? Yeah. And two, if you've got a person in front of you, like, you've got to remember that, yes, they may have made a silly decision, but it's not necessarily their fault because they might not have been given all the information that they needed to make that decision. So I ended up helping the, this person. Um, with that particular tooth but they are going to lose that tooth and several other teeth because of this when if they just left them alone they wouldn't be in this situation it's just wild yeah that's horrifying there's um, there's a woman oh, before I speak about this woman and can I explain her nightmare experience so what the dentist had said was that there would be teeth that wouldn't they're not perfectly attached and even if it is like a like a a thousand, like one, or say one hundredth of a millimetre space, the bacteria yeah. will get in. And it might take a while, but once the bacteria is in, it's in and you can't clean it. No. So that's it. It's kind of left to to go kind of unchecked. But there's, there's a woman, right? So this was last July. So the reason I, I kind of stumbled across this woman was I interviewed another young woman who I met on a flight to Istanbul who'd been for breast augmentation surgery and it went terribly wrong mm-hmm. and she was on the podcast and we kind of spoke about it um, and at that point then I think maybe the internet algorithms of social media sites were 
just tuned to show me stuff like people getting cosmetic <laughs> yeah. surgery. So, I mean, I'll, I'll say her name because I would actually love to speak to her and she has done wall-to-wall media coverage like she's spoken everywhere. So I'm not I'm not uh, saying her name out of turn, but her name is Amanda Turner and she's travelled to, to Turkey for cosmetic dental, dental surgery, sorry, around about May. Now, she, I think it was like 28 veneers they were saying mm-hmm. and she paid three and a half thousand pounds now straight away that should be your alarm, alarm bells, bells <laughs> I mean that should be two or three teeth maybe like for what she was getting and it basically went rock so I've, she put up these TikTok videos and I would for anybody I don't know I mean I'm not trying to talk anybody do what you want man go to Turkey mm. if you want but I would also say go and have a wee look at her TikTok so basically she explained that she was told she was getting veneers crowns whatever you want to call them but it turned out it was like three is it a bridge yeah, which is where all the teeth are just connected and they essentially yeah. clip in of sorts yeah. and she noticed, that was a sort of alarm bell number one she's like that I was told I was getting something different then she was kind of half not I don't not sedated because I think she was awake but she was very drowsy and the dentist dropped one of the bridges on the floor and then just picked it up and <laughs> put it in her mouth and we'll go on to uh, advice given for the foreign office it ties into this so put it in her mouth and she is a bit like whoa whoa what are you doing I mean lo and behold a few days later she's went back and she had like you actually have to see this image to yeah. believe it her jaw was out to like it was it looked as if she had a golf ball Aye. like st- stored in her chin and it was so bad so then she's going to dentists and dentists are like look I really don't want to get involved in this she eventually had to get what looked like basically a stoma bag on her face to drain drain the abscess which was just mental seeing that and the poor woman's face was miles out now she she received a lot of criticism for people but I think she should be commended because people offered and by the way she went I think she ended up going to Harley Street Mm -hmm. because that was probably the best place she had to go to the best of the best and they were saying your bill is going to be probably around about £60,000 to fix yeah. sixty grand I know. to fix everything. And people offered to set up GoFundMes and just giving. Actually, somebody did. And she insisted that all the money was refunded. She was like, look, I'm not doing this. It was my mistake. You know, I did make an arse of it. I would like to warn people. And I'm, yeah. she wasn't doing it for disingenuous reasons. You know, you get people saying... Uh, can, I want to do this to raise awareness and what they actually mean is raise awareness of their own profile or make themselves Aye. money and she was doing it for other, other right reasons and um, that that is a horror story like have you seen any other sort of horror stories you can think of yeah oh, so I just wanted to say as well she was on a drip for five days that's just the type of thing that can kill you if you end Aye. up getting sepsis or something exactly and I think I've got I do have another story but it comes back to the point of if you go to somewhere else you're at a lottery of regulation Mm because certainly Turkey other countries don't have the same regulation that we can have here I mean I would never do a full mouth worth of treatment in one go Mm -hmm. to date patients that heavily or or anything like that and you know never mind even dropping it and put it back in their mouth it just doesn't happen so and the thing is if you sedate people how can they make informed choices about their own you know health and what Mm -hmm. they're doing because sometimes in treatment you need to change the plan and especially if there's a language barrier, then how can you do that effectively? One other one I've seen is this patient. Um, she was a Newcastle patient um, that I'd actually seen for a long, long time. And she went, she got all her lower teeth removed. On the top, I can't. I don't think if she's had them all removed because it's a fixed like this type bridge that she's had put on. And um, basically... <laughs> can I just say, I'm looking through the studio window and Brian, producer Brian's face is pure shock and he's shuddering and shivering through the window as you say this. <laughs> so I, I would never, for certainly her top teeth, she was in no position to have a bridge place because she had such bad gum disease, mm. which is now even worse. Um, and these four implants, she's had four implants placed on the lowers. To to I think was to hold Christ. you know a, a full arch of teeth, which can ha- you can use four implants if they're yeah. placed properly. I took the X-ray. You've got one implant over there, one up oh, here, one Jesus. over there, and she's asking me. So I don't want to go back to Turkey. Can you do the bridge on them? I'm like, whoa, no, 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 no. <laughs> That's not happening. Those implants are not in a great place. I didn't do the work immediately, and she's like, well, they've given me this denture, and I can't wear it because it's so big. Which which can happen because when you take teeth out, the gum shrinks back. Yeah. So obviously, if you've got a denture, it's not going to fit. 
So I was like, well, I'll make you a new denture then. I don't mind doing that. So that's what she's ended up with, a lower, just a lower denture. This is a young woman. Yeah, in her 40s. God, that's that's mental. We See what you're saying about regulation and stuff. So here's, here's what the, the British Foreign Office says. So since, they basically said, we are aware of 22 British nationals who have died in mm-hmm. Turkey since January 2019 following medical tourism visits. You kind of... It's easy to become detached with that and go, 2019, well, that was almost four years ago. I was coming up for four years ago. 22, and that's not that many. <laughs> now, imagine you were to say 22 people have died and just their local, their, their local dentist since 2019. You'd be like, whoa, Aye. like alarm bells. Now, they have issued a warning caution, cautioning British nationals interested in travelling to Turkey for medical purposes and they are basically highlighting the importance of valuing medical accreditations and mm-hmm. reliability over cheaper prices while choosing your medical provider because it is easy to go, oh, four grand and you should be, mm, are they any mm. good? Like, it's... Yeah. I mean, I think the, the problem with it is, is like we are saying, you need to do your research first. I was at a conference in the south of France in November for the teeth straightening uh, company that I work mm-hmm. for. And um, there were dentists from Turkey there and I was really interested to get their kind of opinions and stuff. These are top high-end doctors yeah. who would charge the same as what you'd be getting charged here. Mm-hmm. And they were very much saying, look, we, we're we hating this as much as you guys are because we're getting tar- you know, tarred with the same brush yeah. and getting yeah. made out as if we're not. But again, that's because when you go abroad like that, you're at the lottery of who you're Aye. going to see. Because people, so that's another thing that the Foreign Office said. They have said that you should choose a medical facility accredited with the Turkish authorities. And it says there are me, there are a lot of excellent medical facilities, but there's a, a lot of unaccredited ones taking advantage of that current popularity. Um, there are underground establishments that have been described as in the open websites and social media accounts to project this image of legality and professionalism, mm. but they're still unregistered and carrying out there working in an illegitimate manner because you know somebody saying to me I spoke to people about it before and they're like yeah no I've done my research I'm like have you though or have you just looked on Instagram Aye. and you're seeing people who've had it done who are thrilled in, in the moment because yeah, they look great when the teeth are done but it's, it's the, the issues that come after it and it's like ask to see their accreditation ask to see proper registrations not just oh yeah no they've they made a wee, a nice wee TikTok reel and there's somebody getting picked up for the airport Aye. and having a wee holiday. I, I think it's the old adage of if it sounds too good to be true, it, it fucking is. Aye, it is. So, like, they might, you can get sucked, so sucked in with the fact you're going to get a holiday and they'll keep you in five star accommodation. And yeah, you might leave and be happy with the result, but then where, where is the aftercare? And that, going back to that initial story, that mm-hmm. um, reality star. They contacted the clinic as soon as they'd had it done, well, as soon as they started having problems about it um, to see what they would do. They just blocked her Jeez, completely. That's so she scary, had left on her own. And, you know, I, I felt a kind of duty to care to this patient because I'd treated them for such a long time. Mm-hmm. But if that was someone fresh or anything, I don't necessarily know if I would feel the same way about mm-hmm. it. And it's it's tough because, yes, I want to help people, but at the same time, I can't take responsibility for everyone that makes that decision. No. So it's where do you draw that, that line? Can can bad, can really terrible issues with your teeth, can that seriously impact your health in other ways? Absolutely, because it's just, uh, your mouth is a dirty place anyway, right? Full of bacteria. Speak for yourself. Right? <laughs> <laughs> um, so I, it's full of bacteria. And if, if you end up having these sorts of problems, yeah. constant chronic infections, there has been known to be links to cardiovascular disease, diabetes. Mm. I'm very much a holistic practitioner anyway. I believe that your oral health and your gen- general health are, you know, inherently linked. Yeah. So if you're going to have, you know, a constant issue where you're battling infections and problems, yes, that will have an effect on your general health and how you feel mm. and how you feel about yourself mentally. Because when I got, when I had, you are saying about treatment takes time and even like, so with my brace, my whitening and my bonding and even on my consultations and then all the aftercare I think I had something nuts something about like 80 visits yeah. to a dentist over about a year and a half because sometimes I was in every week or every two yeah. weeks getting it tightened getting it loosened getting things changed over and all that kind of thing and at the time I, I was I really wanted a quick fix as well if I could have tapped a magic wand or paid X amount then I would have 
But then having gone through it, I was like, thank God yeah. that I didn't because I don't have any issues at all. Yeah. Um, every every patient that comes in to see me before we start anything, I always say to them, look, this is a journey mm-hmm. and nothing's going to happen overnight. It will take time, but you will end up with the result that you're looking for. But what you'll know is that we'll look after you the whole way through. Mm-hmm. If you have problems as we go along, we'll do our best to fix them. And, you know, we'll, and when it's over, it's not just over. If you have any problems, we keep it under review. You know, if we do implants, we want to have that x-rayed every year. We want you to have hygiene visits every three months so that mm-hmm. you're making the most out of that. So it's not just a one-stop shop, which which is what worries me about people that go yeah. abroad because who's looking after that when it's... Your, your, your dental health is not one time only. It's for your whole life, yeah, isn't it? Because is. it? yeah, that's one thing since... Because, I mean, I would go to the dentist every now and again, but since having like finishing my treatment I'm there every three months for for like my hygienist clean and skate polish and all that kind of thing and you do feel a you feel a lot better it's with the the way it can fuck up your mind and your head so see when when Covid started I think honest to God it was the day lockdown was announced (laughs) and I was sitting and I was working and I was like oh I need to stop clenching my jaw I must be I must be like stressed not realising that what I'd had was a my wisdom tooth was coming through and I got infected like three times. I, I'm, I'm, I'm assuming that's just something that can happen. Aye. But the pain that I felt, like my entire head and body, I was up to my eyeballs and painkillers on the phone. And I mean, at this point, everything was shut down and I was begging. I was like, <laughs> you need to send Aye. me something through. It happened to me I, like three times for the, the duration of it coming through and I was miserable. Mm-hmm. Honestly, people, it's one of those things before I make this comment I'll preface this with saying I'm being serious I'm not joking I wanted to die I was like if I could die right now the pain in my face can open my eyes now imagine going through that and then going to a dentist and then going I'm sorry but I can't really touch you because not everybody's going to be as you say have as holistic an approach as you are they'll be like nah man I'm not touching that yeah and I think that's and I think that's fair comment from the dentist in that why wouldn't why they want to get involved in something that's not their problem as such it is one of those things you've never seen people at their lowest until you've seen them with toothache in an emergency clinic on a Sunday like there is nothing worse and it's great that you can help them and get get them out of pain but it's so funny how you say that does affect there's two parts of it affects your mental health from a point of view is if you don't feel good you know ill with pain then you're going to be in a really bad state Yeah. but also if you're not happy with how things look if you're not happy with how you feel, then that's going to affect your confidence, isn't mm, it? Yeah. I, the, 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 with people going abroad, this is something that really stays in the forefront of my mind as well. I got my, my once I'd had my bonding and stuff done, I had it reshaped maybe two or three times. Mm-hmm. I get a wee chip here and there and it was, it was being able to just nip into town and make my Aye. appointment and go and get it. If, if there's something you're unhappy with, what are you going to jump in a fucking flight back to I Istanbul? Like, I doubt it. The thing is, Problems happen, right? There's no yeah. point denying it, especially if you're going to have composite done. It may chip. It's one of those things. But at yeah. least you've got your own teeth underneath. Yeah, It can be fixed really quickly. Patients that I see will have my work number. They can contact me via Instagram. And mm. literally, if we'll have them seen as quickly as physically possible to get it repaired or sorted. If you go away, who, who's going to do that for you? Nobody. Mm-hmm. You kind of cover... You, you still cover Newcastle, Newcastle, Glasgow and Presswick. So... Yeah, so I this year I've done this weird transition thing where I've kind of moved back up the road, um, back up to Glasgow. Um, I'm actually from Largs originally, and um, I'm Presswick's kind of my main practice during the week. I do weekend clinics in Glasgow, and from January I've just taken a role on a Friday at a private practice in Edinburgh. Right, so okay. I have like the kind of central belt covered. So at the minute, I'm still going down to Newcastle every week because mm. I do teeth straightening cases, longer cases. I want to have them finished off. Mm-hmm. I'm not leaving people in the lurch. So I'm still going down until the end of this year every week. And then after that, I'll be just doing it every four weeks to try and make sure that we cover everyone until the end of their treatment. So you're <laughs> you're covering pretty much <laughs> like some massive geographical area. Yeah. So people are wanting, well, let's talk about what you can get. So let's say, what like, say I came into you and I know every case is different, right? But right. let's just say my teeth are kind of, I'm not happy with them. Like what would, what would you be recommending me? So... That's a really tricky question. I think it goes back to the start of like, so you come in to see me and you're coming in for a consultation, mm-hmm. right? That's not a short appointment. That is, you know, a full 45 minutes to an hour. Mm. And the first part of it is not even to do with your teeth, right? I just want to get to know you. 
want to get to know like all about your life because that will affect the type of treatment that I choose. Mm. You know, if you've got a busy lifestyle, if I don't, if, you, if wearing a brace isn't going to be your thing, then we may look at other options. So it's all about your lifestyle before we start anything. And then I'll have a look in your mouth and just see where where everything's sitting what's what is your main problem so i always like to go through my patients what's what's your priority list here like mm. what what do you what is your biggest problem what do you want fixed first and then i'll try and work around a treatment plan that'll fix that first however if that's not in your best interest if it's better to do something else we'll talk about that mm. so we'll take your photos we always take a digital scan and then i like to sit you down in front of the screen and I'm just, we just talk it through together. Yeah. These are your problems. These are the best options to fix it. Everything I do is minimally invasive. So I will not take a drill to your tooth unless I feel that like I absolutely have to. Because like we've already just been talking about, you know, the maintaining the health of your teeth is the most important thing. As morbid as it sounds, they have to last you until you're in a box. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yeah. And ultimately, yes, making them look good is important, but that is primary to yeah. me. So it could be... Teeth straightening is probably one of my number one things that I really like to do because moving teeth into the right position will fix a whole manner of, of, of problems. I use clear aligners to do that. You'll mm -hmm. probably have heard of Invisalign. That's just one brand name. Yeah. It's not particularly the brand that I use, but it's like what everyone's heard of. Whitening, we can use to then fix the colour and then composite if we have any problems with shape. Mm -hmm. um, we can also do gum contouring to fix the gum, make it in the right position because sometimes that is part of the problem. You've got your, your white aesthetics and your pink aesthetics mm -hmm. and sometimes we need to fix the kind of gum position. If you're missing teeth, there are options for that. Sometimes we, we do, patients prefer to have a denture and we can do that. Um, bridges, if necessary, or implants. Why would somebody get a bridge? That seems to me to be... Is it cheaper? Yeah, but sometimes... So it depends what type... There's, there's kind of a couple different types of bridges. So you can have bridges that are just stuck onto teeth either side. Mm -hmm. So instead of the, like being a crown... It's just a little wing that goes on the back and cemented right, okay. on. So if a patient's quite young, every, like, like I said, everything has to think about the long-term plan. So mm -hmm. if a patient's older, you'll have a totally different treatment plan to a patient who's younger. Implants don't last forever, right? People have this common misconception. They're the gold standard in replacing teeth, but they won't last forever. You'll probably get about 30, 40 years out of it, right? So if you've got a patient who's maybe a teen patient, who's missing teeth congenitally, like that can happen. Mm -hmm. You might choose to do a, what we call a sticky bridge first because there's going to be no destruction of the teeth either side and you're kicking the can down the road for an implant eventually right, okay. because you've got to think how many times are they going to have to replace that in their whole life. And there's quite, I think the thing is, is with dentistry, you have to, there's short-term planning, there's long-term planning and unfortunately care, especially if it's NHS, I'm not having a dig here, but it can be quite short-termist. Mm -hmm. When I think about things, I'm thinking about from you till the end and how many times we're we going to have to replace that. What's the cost? What's the investment going to be? It's not just about what, how what's going to see the next, through the next couple of years. Right, yeah, I get you. I mean, I like your approach far more. Because <laughs> it is, there's take, taking everything into account, I suppose, and you compare it to the whole Turkish thing. It's like, well, they're just kind of wanting you in and out, and then if you complain, you're getting blocked anyway. Well, this is the thing. Say, say you're 18, right, and you go to Turkey, you have your 28 crowns place. Never never even mind. Say, say you don't have any problems. Yeah. Say that everything's fine, right? You're going to probably have to have them replaced in 10 to 15 years, and then 10 to 15 years out of, after that. And that's if they last the longest that they should last. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? That's, yeah. It's not going to be a one-stop a one -stop thing. It's... I mean, you see people are getting it younger and younger, aren't they? And I suppose that comes down to all sort of aesthetic stuff. You know, I see 19 and 20 year olds getting Botox right. and filler and all that. And again, man, if that's what you want to do, crack on. But I think it's a legitimate fair comment to say that's very surprising because those are usually treatments that would you would associate with people who would be a lot older yeah. than you. I mean, I, I do some facial aesthetic treatment in the appropriate patients mm -hmm. where it works because, again, going back to being a holistic practitioner, if you're going to give someone a smile, you need to frame that. Yeah. But if you if you had an 18-year-old come to me looking for Botox, the answer would be no. And there's plenty of patients I'll turn away if I don't feel that the treatment's right or if we don't mm. if I don't feel that we gel. Because it, it, at the end of the day, it's a partnership between me and you. We've got to trust each other to yeah. be able to get you to the result that you want. So I'm only going to provide treatments that I feel comfortable providing that I think will give you the results that you want in your best interest. What made you want to become a dentist? I'm always quite fascinated by why people <laughs> want to do that, but it seems to me like if you kind of peel it back, and I'm not saying like you're some ultra 
altruistic like Buddhist who just wants to help the world <laughs> and that's it. But there must be an element of that because it takes a lot of your work and it would be a lot easier for you to be like, right, next, next, a wee bit of conveyor belt. And I dare say you probably make a lot more money if you just were like get people in and out yeah. as quick as you can. I think do you know what? I think that actual caring aspect for me came actually a wee bit later in my career. The thing was when I was maybe about 15, 16, I'd done my work experience in the dentist. I quite enjoyed it. it he he was very much turning patients over. It was a busy yeah. NHS practice. Um, but I also had an interest in doing medicine. Um, and it was my mum that actually said, no, don't, don't do medicine because you have to work all hours of the day. Or whatever. She was like, if you do dentistry, you can work when you want, you know, just a nine to five and mm. not have to really worry about it. I also had a wee bit of an interest in kind of like, the business aspect of it, like at that time I was like, oh, I could own my own practice and that way mm. I could have my own business as well as doing the whole medical aspect. So that's why I went kind of down that route. And then the more that I've done it and, you know, I've been qualified eight years now, the more I've realised, because I, I had a massive NHS list at, at one point, which which was great. I loved those, seeing those patients, but it was a conveyor belt. And I was like, this isn't the type of work I want to be doing. Yeah. I want to be able to take the time with people. And for me, I'm not treating teeth. I'm treating human beings and it's building those relationships. Like, mm. I love hearing that, you know, so-and-so's daughter's going to graduation and this is why we're doing this and get to know their lives. And sometimes, yeah. sometimes appointments are more like therapy sessions <laughs> than, than actual, you know, dental appointments because we talk about your life. The whole point is I want you to feel comfortable with me. Yeah. And that enjoyment, I think, came a lot later than at the start. Mm. It's like one of the things as well. I meant to mention this a wee bit earlier. Uh, I saw a video of one of your patients. Who was it? The guy was it the heating engineer or the gas engine? Am I getting that right? The no. guy that his his teeth were not in a good I, condition. Yeah, I know who you're talking about. So this patient, and he probably wouldn't mind me saying his name because he's recorded that video for me. Kieran, he basically he'd so he'd had a bit of a rough time in his life. I don't know what had happened kind of before I'd met him. Mm-hmm. And basically he was missing quite a few teeth. Young, good looking guy, but he he had just had a really bad time. So he came in, he actually came in with his mum and dad and he was like, look, I want to sort this all out and get it sorted. So we came up with a treatment plan and it did. It took, I think from start to finish was maybe about four months. He didn't have any teeth straightened because he wasn't appropriate for that. So we did, you know, the, the treatment for him. And honestly, not just what he looks like, but his whole demeanour yeah. is completely changed. His confident levels, his confidence levels are through the roof. He just seems like a brighter, happier chap. Mm. And honestly, see the job satisfaction from that is unreal. Because when I watched it, I thought as well, I was like, this guy looks great. And I'm not saying he looked bad or anything, but you see this marked difference. It probably is his demeanour. He had this sort of I don't swagger. Know, cry, this confident glow. I know exactly the feeling. Like, Because I think what happened for me was... My teeth were always alright and people would say, oh, you've got nice teeth and I think, well, come closer and you realise they're not great. <laughs> but they were alright, they didn't really bother me. And I just remember seeing a photo of me like, what the hell's going on? And I think my wisdom teeth coming in had just caused teeth, and teeth naturally kind of shift, yeah. don't you, when you get older? And I just felt terrible and even getting pictures taken. And it sounds as if I'm exaggerating or people will be like, oh, shut up. But no, I hated smiling in pictures, yeah. even speaking to people, it's just... They wouldn't have been thinking about it or even realising, but I just was constantly thinking about it. And then after ha- once the treatment was finished, I was like, that is easily the best thing I've yeah. ever done. And I think that's the thing is you've, just because other people will say to you, oh, but your teeth are fine, whatever, it's no them, it's you. Ah, exactly. For me, the patients, when they come to see me, I'm like, you're doing this for you. You're not doing it for anyone else. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And you shouldn't be doing it for anyone else. It's how you feel about yourself. And this is the whole... Like after COVID, we did see an a, a increase in take up of cases because people are sitting looking at themselves in Zoom all day. And I don't know about you, Sean, but when I'm in a Zoom conversation, I'm looking at myself more than I'm looking at other people. <laughs> and people are picking up things that they just don't like about themselves. And it affects them every single day. You're just constant thought and lack of confidence will stop you from you know doing what you want to do yeah there are three or four things that make me feel terrible about myself and have to remind myself and go right it's a bit of a distorted perspective so there's zoom there's the front camera <laughs> right there's not like you uh, nothing humbles you more like accidentally opening your front camera and seeing four chins staring back uh, there's also I can't remember what the other one was but um uh, why why have I just lost the ability to recall words that I know changing rooms in shops and especially with the lighting you Aye. clock yourself and you're like fucking hell is that like, is that what I look like 
And uh, but I no, that's a really good point about you're looking at yourself in Zoom and going, I am one ugly bastard. Uh, anyway. like, I'm going to have to book in for Botox <laughs> and a brace. That's kind of how I felt. But no, it, it really was the best thing I ever did. I always, again, I think there's two parts to that as well. So yes, we want to help people and improve their confidence and how they look. But I don't, I don't want to be part of the problem in that by making, by changing people that way that other people think, oh, down on themselves mm. do you know what I mean we've got to be realistic about expectations and everyone has their own thing that they should oh, be yeah. proud of themselves about oh I thought you were going to say everybody's got their own insecurities well, everyone does say, no everyone does everyone I, does but I I certainly don't want to magnify that when they come in and see me Yeah, want them to feel confident in their own skin and that's part of like the whole I don't, I don't want to change how people look I just want them to feel better about themselves you know it's about making them giving them a natural result that they can be comfortable with yeah. but keeping their own personality mm-hmm. yeah I get you see when you, you kind of touched on NHS dentistry yeah. or like NHS cases I, that's something I, I would like to get my head around NHS and private um, it was only really when I kind of went for the brace that I started to kind of realise oh wait there is actually a big difference yeah. even like so during once lockdown had kind of eased they got me in straight away I had to pay because it's yeah. private and I remember but I heard other people saying can I get a dentist appointment anywhere and I thought well, surely that, that's unfair because it is really it's it's very closely linked to your general health yeah so I'm going to preface this by saying that I think for general health the NHS is incredible and the work they do is, is brilliant and the fact that you in the UK can go and see a doctor and not worry about how much it costs is great but when it comes to dentistry mm. it's more to do with how the system works that is causing people not to be able to access the care mm-hmm. that they deserve. And it's the same with any healthcare system. If you think about it, there's like a kind of, there's parameters of what you can do, cost, quality, time, and um, qu- quantity of patients that you can see. Yeah. And the NHS is geared towards, we w- they want you to see as many patients as possible. So really you've got like, what, 10 minute checkups, 10, 15 minutes if you're lucky. Mm-hmm. How can you really give the care that you want to in that amount of time. It's just really, check everything's okay, quick scale and polishing, you're, you're kind of gone, there's no long-term viewing in that. And I'm sure there are clinicians that do do that. I want to be very careful about not bashing it, mm-hmm. but it's not the type of care that I want to deliver because I want to be able to work with my patients about this, you know, over the long term. So, and, you know, people are probably going to come at us and say, well, I can't see an NHS dentist. And do you know what? The reason that is, is because dentists are struggling to work in that system where it is literally bums on seats. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So do do, do more dentists kind of move towards private? Do they feel as if they don't have a a choice in the matter? I think so. I think, well, I I, I speak to lots of dentists day in and day out. I work uh, with a company called called My Dentist who are one of the biggest um, companies in the UK running clinics uh, and I do a lot with recruitment and retention of dentists. Mm. And... It's a really stressful job. People don't realise just how much pressure you're under, targets, you know, if you're not generating enough revenue for, you know, because NHS is still a business, you pay for your NHS dental treatment. Mm-hmm. So there is a revenue aspect to how that. Mental is that? It's like you're a fucking healthcare professional, you're not a salesman. And you shouldn't have quotas, it should just be about getting, I, I get that it'll be like, look, we expect a minimum from you. But not like a fucking yeah. target and, and creating and revenue. It's, it's it's really tough. And during the pandemic, the it was for for dentists in Scotland. Basically, what ended up happening was they were getting paid what a, a, an average of their six monthly turnover before COVID. So whatever they did in that six months previous was what they would just get, no matter how many patients they saw. Mm-hmm. And I think there was almost a slight improvement in care because there was no worries about how many patients that you have to see. Yeah. It, you could take a bit more time over things. So I'm not, there's nothing wrong with going to see an NHS dentist. You will get care and you your mouth will be healthy, but it's just not the way that I think healthcare should be run mm-hmm. for dentistry anyway. No, I would say so as well. We, um, obviously you are, are the sort of main man in the patient's life, but there's a whole myriad of, uh, uh, there's loads of other people that are there from people at the front of yeah. house, if you want to call it, or like on reception, <laughs> yeah. or, or like um, 
the dental nursing and stuff like how important are they in, in terms of like your team do you re- really rely on the people that you work with or can you just work with yeah. anybody no no I, I like I mean I can work with anyone if I have to but to make the operation run as slick as possible um, we have so in press week I've got my treatment coordinator Amber uh, and my nurse Sharna who is literally she's incredible like she knows what I'm thinking before I've even thought it mm. and it's quite funny we're like little and large because I'm six foot two and she's four foot ten <laughs> so we've got like a little step that she has to stand on like when <laughs> she's yellow pages do, I, we've got this little step lad she has to stand on when she's doing the aspirating <laughs> but I couldn't do it without them yeah when it comes to like social media and stuff I've got a uh, an assistant called Emma who is just brilliant at just like bringing things to my attention or because cause I'm over so many clinics I can't do it on my own um, so they're super important and they're super knowledgeable as well so if you contact it and you're especially I love treating nervous patients it's probably one of my favourite things because I love seeing the turnaround in them yeah. but if you're too nervous to see me for your first visit you can see Amber the treatment coordinator and she can at least give you some ideas of options stuff just to get you in, in the environment because mm. sometimes the most difficult point is actually get crossing the door. Hundred percent, hundred percent. I I had like a real phobia, like it, it terrified me. And I actually know why. So when when I was like seven, six or seven, and it was the summer holidays, and I had toothache and the tooth needs to come out or whatever, and I get taken down to Saracen Street in Postle, and this would have been like nineteen ninety eight, probably, and it was back in the times when they gassed you right, to yeah. put you sleep now. <laughs> looking back you're like I can't believe that was ever a thing and I don't for anybody Disney has never had that done I can't imagine it picture somebody like in a fighter jet and they've got their oxygen Ah, thing over their face it was like that and it stank the smell of it was horrible and that was my probably first memory of the dentist and that's enough to traumatise you for life and the thing is is like it's not the same but I can kind of get it in the sense of like it sounds daft but I hate getting my hair cut do absolutely you? hate it like the whole having to go and I like until I find someone that I like Aye. I'll literally sometimes I've even walked past the barber shop and go back I don't know it's a wee bit of a control freak and hate the relinquishing control and I feel that's quite similar to dentistry because mm-hmm. you do have to relinquish a lot of control you have to put a lot of trust in that person yeah. so if you don't have someone that you like or trust I can understand why that can be really difficult I've just finished treating this lovely lady um, down in Presswick honestly the nicest woman she came in, she hadn't been to the dentist maybe 30 years. And I'm not joking when I say every tooth had to go. Oh, it Jesus. Was, it was awful. They looked horrible. I don't know how she was meant to eat because most of them were wobbling in the wind. And we've got a longer term plan here, but what I've, we've done to begin with is we've taken everything out and whilst everything's healing her, we've given her a set of dentures that we can get as fitting as well as possible. Mm-hmm. So we finished her on Friday, right? And she, first of all, before we first came in, I didn't know how we were ever going to get any treatment done in her. Like, I just had no idea because she was shaking, trembling, crying in the chair. I was like, we're not, don't know how far we're going to get with this. She's ended up, we've done, we've done the full surgery, everything's came out and she's got these dentures and just, she's got her smile back. Even mm. just because her teeth looked so bad beforehand, it looks like she's just got a nice full set of teeth now. And um, she was crying at the end, but not because of the same reason that she cried when she came in at the start. <laughs> yeah. She was like actually buzzing. And that was amazing. Yeah. So if we can work together to get people past that, that's, the mm-hmm. best thing your like your casework and stuff as well is is great what is see your your dental um, Instagram is that the aesthetics by Aaron yeah I'll, I'll going to put that link in podcast cliche alert put that link <laughs> in the episode notes for people that want to have a look because could be I'm sure there will be people listening who've probably thought they want to get get something done or, or change something and for one reason or other, another they've not because um, I think what what would be important to me anyway is is like you've said it's not just well I want your money so come in and I want to give you a brace it's more I want to kind of go through this together and I suppose as well even from a professional perspective it is completely in your interest that the best job possible is done because they're a walking advert for you aren't they? Oh 100% I say that to patients when anyone comes in I'm like I'm not going to make you look silly because (laughs) at the end of the day your face is my advert Yeah You're not going to walk out here look method on Mick Aye exactly Um, So that is it your face is my advert so I'm, I'm obviously going to do the best job I possibly can uh, and like I say if and when things go wrong they do in life I will look after you we'll make sure that everything is okay mm. you know issues arise and I think that that to me is almost important as the, the, the work that you do that if there is problems yeah. that they, they can be sorted I suppose it's co- it's a, a combination of professional quality but 
the quality of aftercare and, and care that's put into it. Where are they? So I've been, I was going to say, I, I know where you want in Presswick is. That's in Presswick yeah, Main Street. Main Street. Uh, Glasgow one is uh, at Crown Retail Park. Crown. So that's uh, just New Gorbals. Right, oh yeah, area. yeah. And Edinburgh Dental is um, Ratcliffe Terrace, but I'm not exactly sure. I don't know Edinburgh that well. I'm a West Coast boy, so yeah, that'll be too. all. <laughs> Let's see, Ratcliffe Terrace. We'll get up Ratcliffe Terrace, Edinburgh. And that is near Prestonfield Golf Club. For anybody that's through in Edinburgh, if you know where that is, I'm going to zoom out. Oh, right, okay. It's um, it's May, It's like Mayfield. Yeah. So it's kind of, yeah. The meadows and stuff. Nice wee part. I love Edinburgh. So how, how do you, like for travelling about now, are you just driving everywhere? Yeah, this this year's been wild because I've been back and forward every every week to Newcastle um, to, to do this. So yeah, I've been doing that. But from, from January, it'll be a lot easier because I'll be in Presswick Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Edinburgh on a Friday, and then every couple of weekends at Glasgow. So if there's anybody in one of those areas that wants to come and see you, all they need to do then is, is get in touch. Do you have like right. a consultation form or a booking form or something like that? Yeah, so I'm just in the process of launching a brand new website. should be up in January. My current website, you can just do a website contact form. Mm-hmm. But see, even if you just send us a DM, we, we'll get you sorted. Mm-hmm. See, you've got fifth, on your Instagram 57 countries is that your 57 countries visited so far yeah, yeah. yeah that makes me wonder because you'd mentioned about going to Cannes and stuff or, or like whatever your sort of dental um, what you call them conventions or, or yeah. courses or that are. what is it you're going to do those for is that just to, to get better to learn more about straightening techniques like what is yeah, the deal yeah so, I, so I've I've been to loads of places abroad to, to, to do dental stuff I've visited clinics in Australia Thailand, eh, America, that was wild. I went to the Las Vegas eh, Institute for Advanced Dentistry <laughs> and it was so interesting because part of it I thought was great and part of it I was like, whoa, you guys are crazy because they were doing like, so what they would do is they would tra- use a, what's called an amyogram where they would record your muscle positions for your jaw to find the best position that your bite would be in to stop you getting headaches and that sort of thing or oh, jaw problems, right? Which sounds advanced, was great. And then what they would do is they would then you you would get a trial bite thing put in and see if it worked. And then if it worked, what they would then do, and this is where it gets well, they will then shave all your teeth down oh. to make the crowns in the same position. And I was like, well, why can't you just give them that thing to wear over it? It's really destructive. But in the states, everything's quite destructive. Mm. It's all about money, money, money. So, but, sorry, and you go. So that was one place where it was quite interesting. But I, I've been to, like I was in Barcelona for a conference. Can because I do think that sometimes over here we can just be very centric and like the way that the UK does things we yeah. forget there's a whole world out there um, and it's just really interesting to hear like other people's opinions of, of how they do things and just pick up bits of how I can improve my my own clinic and how we run things mm-hmm. I was at, a, at that conference in Cannes listening to a Danish dentist fun enough because I had obviously qualified in Denmark as well and just learning about how their like patient journey works about how like what 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 order they do things and their customer care and I was like oh that's really good so I have like next next wee bits of that that's good that's what I would like if, if somebody's going to be taking care of my teeth and rooting about my mouth every, every two weeks for about a year then it's nice <laughs> to, what are, I mean what are the wee sort of techniques that you've picked up or learned or is, are those trade secrets that you're going to just keep keep to yourself well what do you mean well you're saying that you, in terms of aftercare and all that and wee things that you've taken or wee ideas that you've then changed and implemented into your own sort of oh so right practice. here's here's an easy one is that once I see patients now for a consultation uh, not only will they get a treatment plan later but I'll also record a little video for them with their photos and go through the treatment plan so they can literally go on their phone and just look at it whenever they want ah, rather than just having to like oh well he said go by memory yeah. ah, he said something about composite bond but I can't remember what he said so we'll just do a little video email it out clever. to you so that's like just one little thing just makes your life easier and my life easier so exactly another one is if you um, are going through whitening I'll whatsapp you I've pre-recorded these videos on how to do it so it's just easy I can fire that across and then you've got that all the time rather than having to that be like, oh is, what the fuck did he say yeah that is perfect because I, I there was a there was so many things I'd walk away and I'd be like how much was that again Aye. what was I meant to do what was this how long and is it's this funny because it's funny how memory works because you'll maybe pick up something that I, I to me was quite small but you'll focus in that point about <laughs> yeah. how it's important because you can't remember quite because you're going to be in a fluster when you go in you're nervous there's he's talking all about these things going on big numbers whatever Aye. and you're like what, what's going on and then you leave and you'll just pick out certain points so I always think it's good just to like right give you the video this is exactly what we've talked about mm-hmm. this is exactly what I mean and then you can you know think if there's any questions that you need to ask you can just drop us a message and I'll answer them 
See, having having spent time a lot of time between Newcastle and the west of Scotland, who do you think are the most vain or image conscious? Uh, uh, Is it a tie? Yeah, I think I think Newcastle, but in a very different way. Yeah, um, do you think it's the Geordie Shore revolution? Well, yeah, there was definitely a, a big a big part of that. See, around about 2018, 2017, 2018, that was a big push for that. But see, now they're kind of more coming in and wanting... A, a, a girl came to me, was it a year ago, and she was like, I want natural, but wow. And I feel that that's kind of what every patient wants now. They want mm. it natural, but they want it to be stunning at the same time. Aye, it's, <laughs> it's like, you're not really going to catch everybody. Like, oh, wow, look at that. I, quite, I like my teeth, I like the way they're... I've got a question for you, I've, I've got something in the corner I think it's maybe my composite I'll maybe ask you that after right. um, uh, horror stories now I know this This is what I call my wee tabloid segment but I just want sensationalism you might not have any but we all have table, uh, tales that we tell whether it's over drinks or at the dinner table you're like listen to this yeah. now I'm sure you're always patient client confident uh, client what do you call that confidentiality yeah client confidentiality what do you call that what's the first word something client patient Right, okay, yeah, confidentiality. Anyway, um, no doubt that exists, but we all do it. We all kind of tell a wee tale here and there, and we protect people's identity. Like, what are your standout ones? Um, oh, I don't know why this story comes to mind anyway, but I, I so the clinic I used to work at in Newcastle, when I kind of started out, we used to do quite a lot of sedation for nervous patients, and uh, I can't remember what she was having done, it doesn't really matter, but um the funny thing about sedation is that it can make you have quite vivid experiences <laughs> so you might not be you're you're awake but you're not quite awake mm-hmm. um, and it can sometimes make you have some sexual um, experiences remind me never to get fucking sedated I know so this lady I was literally I was about to take her tooth out or something I think it doesn't really matter but I'd given her the injection and stuff and then I started like doing what I was doing she went oh I'm a naughty girl naughty girl I'm such a naughty girl so um, yeah, that one sticks in my head clear as day, and I don't know what, what her ve- her hope memory would have been of that afterwards. But whatever what, she was, she was having a good time. I don't know what stuff she's getting up to. If, she, if that seems like a sort of familiar, or it's evoking a certain memory, yeah. was it, right? Uh, metal. So yeah, that's that's one. Um, I'm trying to think if I think of anything was that, else. Was that in Denmark? No, no, that was she. She was she wasn't from the UK, but right, okay, but, okay, um, stuck that clearly yeah, in your brain. Um, and I had a lady, be a few months ago. And she came in, and um, she came in because she was like, "I've got a bit, I've got a bit of a plaque problem." I was like, "All right, okay." I mean, people tend to have that mm. plaque issue. I was like, she was like, "No, I really need a scale and posture." I was like, "Right, okay." Opened her mouth, and the the tartar had gone so far that literally it was lifting her tongue up like it was. It must have been about a centimeter, oh my God. long, thick block. Jeez. And I was like, "Which end of the toothbrush are you using?" Because I don't understand how this. I mean, young, good-looking lady. I mean, she. she 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 must have been in her what early thirties. I mean, you would never have expected immaculately dressed oh and everything. God. I was like, "What's going on here?" Anyway, I managed to take it all off, but because the the because the tartar build up was so thick, and I'd warned about this beforehand, took it off, and one of her tooth teeth came with it because there was nothing holding it in. Oh my god! So, but it, yeah, wild. Take so, care of your teeth. Get a hygienist clean. I, should people, I use an electric toothbrush. Should, is, is it as important as they market it to be? For me, I don't actually normally recommend electric over manual. As long as you're doing a good enough job with the manual, mm-hmm. you'll be fine. The only time I tend to recommend an electric toothbrush is if you're really harsh with your brushing because you can actually wear away the tops of your teeth and your gums. Yeah, yeah. Not, it won't happen overnight, but over the course of years. Mm-hmm. Electric toothbrushes tend to have a pressure sensor. So you if you're if you're brushing then it'll tell you if you're doing it too hard. I might, I've got an app that comes with my toothbrush. Oh, someone's doing well. <laughs> I bet it, like, they've tapped into the whole needing um, validation and the wee dopamine rush you get when you get a like or something Aye. like that because you go on the app and it's like, your pressure was perfect today. <laughs> you, you reached, and I look at it and it gives you like this timer. And I, I, I do brush my teeth very thoroughly, but sometimes... I suppose you can do it a wee bit too quickly because you're in a rush or whatever and I just sit and look at it and then I get this wee this wee buzz as if, I don't know, like a kid getting a wee pat on the head off a teacher <laughs> being told like, well done wee man, yeah, you've you done did. well. <laughs> you've brushed your teeth. Look, if that'll get people to do it. Exactly. Do it. What is, there's also, there's a, a lot of debate and people will be like, mate, shut the fuck up, who cares? But there's a lot of debate over 
should you brush your teeth and then leave the sort of toothpaste because you benefit from the fluoride or should you use mouthwash straight away? You should not use mouthwash straight after you brush your teeth. It's exactly what you said. You, the most important ingredient in the toothpaste is the fluoride. Mm-hmm. If you're using a mouthwash, even if it has fluoride in it, it'll be a much lower concentration of what you've got in the toothpaste. Yeah. So you shouldn't use mouthwash after you brush your teeth. You should wait. At mouthwash, this is just marketing, but you should mouthwash has a place mm-hmm. like see if you had a meal or if you're not going to be able to brush your teeth in, during the day great time to use mouthwash yeah. but after you brush your teeth it should literally just be the taste of toothpaste in your mouth before you go to your bed right okay when how long should you wait at least 20 minutes oh right okay so it doesn't have to be like hours or anything later but just nah, leave but the fluoride the, the thing is is you, if you're going to bed don't use a mouthwash at all because mm. you're just wanting the taste of the toothpaste to be in your mouth. You want the fluoride to work, to get to work with. I, I do that sometimes. Do you know what it is? Because it's the mint. You know, like toothpaste, they made toothpaste minty because Aye. it would encourage people to use it more and stuff like that. And it's, I always feel as if I'm like, oh, my mouth feels so clean and feels so fresh. So there you go. Don't be putting mouthwash <laughs> in until you've, until you've, um, until the toothpaste has done its job. Uh, there was something else I was going to... Oh, no, sorry. This was the other thing I was going to say, by the way, say about the woman Amanda Turner that I was talking about. I have got some quotes from her and I thought they were very impactful. Again, people might be like, yes, you are, but I'm not trying to convince people <laughs> don't go to Turkey. I'm just trying to convince you, though, to, to at least do it right. Like, yeah. my, my pal went and got his done and he spent quite a lot of money, but he did save a lot of money. Then, he, you know, if he went to, like, Harley Street or yeah. something like that, he still paid a fortune and his teeth are absolutely amazing so he's kind of gone about it the right way and in which case then if people are like oh veneers are going to cost me 40 grand and it's well go and see Aaron and just go and get it done properly for a lot lot cheaper and just do it the right way and keep your teeth the thing is is say for example Harley Street there's a lot of great practitioners on Harley Street but it's just a marketing ploy do you know what I mean they're paying for it and some of them are paying through the noses and leases to to have these practices so their fees reflect that Uh Harley Street's that just a name you can get as good quality dentistry locally as long as you do your research about who's doing it. Yeah, I think your your work is testament to that. But the uh, the thing about Amanda that she was saying after she had been there and had been told it's going to end up costing probably close to 60 grand, she had to get the fluid drained from her face. She said, since I got home, I've had nothing but problems. I'm on my 13th antibiotic. Yeah. 13th. I was on a drip for five days and my teeth feel like they're being electrocuted. Uh, she said, I was stupid. I see that now. Everything looked great. The clinic looked great on the reviews. That that it was a hidden gem, if only I knew. I wonder how she's getting on. I would love to, yeah. I would actually love to interview her. It's, it's such a shame when it you really think is. about it because I don't actually necessarily blame her. No, I don't For either. that at all. It's just one of those things where you just get sucked into the market and everything. And mm-hmm. if you don't have the tools to know what, you know, to be given the answers to all the research that you need to be doing. I mean, re- Google Google reviews, you know, aren't necessarily a great tool of where that dentist has done their training, what the clinic's like, you know, yeah. did it pass its last CQC inspection or whatever, do you know what I mean? I the best type of review you could possibly get other than have they, have they got all these proper accreditations but would also be to speak to somebody who is a year after their treatment yeah. and be like, how do you feel? How, yeah. how did things kind of go for you? Um, so people, if people want to find you and to have a wee look at your work and to maybe have a consultation with you, where let's tell them where they should go and I will include all the yeah. all the links and stuff. So my Instagram and Facebook are both Aesthetics by Aaron and then I've got the website which is www.aestheticsbyaron.co.uk mm. uh, Clinics based in my dentist Presswick, my dentist Glasgow and Edinburgh Dental in Edinburgh. And most important question and I think this, for me anyway, this would hinge on whether I was going to come to you or not. Do you get a sticker? You can have as, as many stickers as you like, Sean. We've got a full book of them. Right, okay. I'm going to come down. <laughs> I'm going to come down and see you soon then. Uh, mate, this has been great. Thanks yeah, for cheers. thanks for that. See, I've always wanted this is a conversation I've always wanted to have with somebody who really knows what they're talking about. Um ever since my teeth obsession started. <laughs> I, sound, I sound like a serial killer, don't I? <laughs> but I get patients coming in all the time. They're like, you're not the only page we've looked at. Like literally, like you say, the way the algorithm works, if yeah. you like one picture of teeth, oh, then aye. you'll just see constant barrage of them, won't yeah. you? 
you will. But uh, I would say you're the best, and people, oh, should, people should come to you. <laughs> no, mate, this has been great. So, so thanks again for coming in, and I'm away to have um, a wee sugar free just now. Yeah, good idea. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, mate, and thank Cheers. you as always for listening. And we'll be back with another episode of Blethered soon. Cheers. Leathered was written and produced by Sean McDonald in association with The Big Light. Music and post-production by Brian McAlpine. And for more information, go to thebiglight.com. If you like this podcast, please check out all our other series, including Talk Media, Natural Wonders. You could start a fight in an empty house. Talking Derry Girls, Brave Your Day, The Tartan Noir Show, Double Scotch, Great Scott, Trust Me I'm a Leader, Unearthed, A Sonic Hug and Old School. All on the Big Light, Scotland's podcast network. From the Big Light Studio.